In the Pits now has a Patreon. Whether you want to get directly involved with the show, have a product or brand you want to promote, or just want to show support, In the Pits Patreon has tiers for all levels. Head to patreon.com slash in the pits paintball podcast to check out the supporter, sponsor, and partner tiers. Opening up a Patreon was a level I could never have imagined getting to when starting this show a year ago. And whether I get a thousand subscriptions or not a single one, I'm still super thankful for all of the support I've received from all of you. Enjoy the episode. In the Pits is partnered with Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. Based in Austin and servicing the surrounding areas, these golden eagles will bring life to any event you are having, from birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, corporate events, or even a simple performance to enjoy. Guillermo Padilla, one of their trumpet players, is also a member of the Texas paintball scene. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram to check out some of their past performances, or give them a call to book them for your event today. In the Pits is partnered with XTPL Events. The Extreme Tournament Paintball League is a series put on by the Lukau family of paintball fit fame that gives the opportunity for players to learn and grow together as a team. Three-man, Challengers and Champions X-Ball, Draft Mech X-Ball, and even Youth 3v3, there's something for everyone at XTPL. Not to mention prize tosses, raffles, and the infamous paintball munching contest. Events happen throughout the year, and the prizes never disappoint. Sign up for an XTPL event today on PB Leagues. In the Pits is partnered with Hydra. Designed by players for players, you can outfit yourself in Hydra gear from head to toe. Have confidence that when you make a purchase from Hydra, you are purchasing a well-tested and well-thought-out product, trusted by several top teams, including first-place semi-pro team PaintballFit.com. I personally recommend their Hydra Black knee pads. Purchases over $100 receive free shipping. Head to Hydra.fit to browse their selection and discover the Hydra mentality. In the Pits is partnered with Skull Monkeys Paintball. Equip, engage, excel. In the Pits is partnered with Bem Wraps. Behind every mask is a unique and creative player. Tap into it when you order to communicate with them one-on-one to make your order just the way you want, all the way down to the color of the stitch. Check out their Instagram at Bem Wraps for drops and build videos of them working on orders. They offer very competitive pricing, so reach out today to get started on your own one-of-a-kind headpiece. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing. 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. 
Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballkumite on Instagram. Welcome everyone to episode 57 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we'll have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode, we are going in the pits with Ryan Polito, owner of Paintball Trading Cards and operator of the WCPPL and USXBL webcast. Ryan, how are you doing this evening? Uh, good, Christian. Uh, you know, coming back from Texas, so just trying to stay hydrated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, still recovering from the triple digits uh, being up in the tower for what, like like 20 hours across the two days or something like that, let alone yeah, uh, set up on Friday right. as well? Yeah, seven to seven, so I would say 24 hours, yep. Yeah, it was a long day, but uh, glad that you got home safe. Glad that you're recovering from that. Definitely uh, need a day or two at least after a long weekend like that. Oh, yeah, it was bad. I mean, as you can see, I don't have my beard anymore. I had to completely shave it. Just felt hot and just it was, it was time to get rid of it. But this will grow back pretty quick. And I'll be back to my normal self. Yeah, anything to keep cool right now. And I know you're living over in Arizona, so you're going through a lot of the same weather struggles that we are. Oh, yeah. And it's actually starting to rain, too. So that's actually worse because it'll rain for a little bit. And then we're stuck with the humidity, just like Texas. But it's mm. super muggy and gross. Yep. Not a uh, not a good time to be on the south border. That's for sure. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with uh, this past weekend. So this event, this question is brought to us by XTPL Events. Uh, so you, for the first time, traveled to the USXBL, which was along with the crew that Mike Hemmen brought along after he purchased the league, and you were responsible for the webcast. You, uh, I'm sure you wear a couple other hats as well, but your biggest thing probably was the webcast. So how do you think it went? Yeah, um, well, I mean, you know, shout out to Hemmen for bringing me out. I know it was something that he wanted to bring uh, to the USXBL that you know was, you know, missing, right? Even showcase. Um, you know, I, I think the stream went okay. Uh, you know, I'm very hard on myself. Mike's very hard on me in terms of the quality that we want to keep up. You know, we had some heat issues. You were very aware of that. Um, you know, we had some, uh, camera challenges when we first got there of putting them up, putting them up. Um, you know, someone may or may not have sabotaged a box that dropped a camera, but we won't bring that, bring that up. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it went great. Um, I think the outpour was was great for the community. Um, everyone seemed stoked to see themselves. I actually got a message from one of the kids. Uh, I believe it's I believe it's his father. Let me try to find it here. Uh, oh, it's actually on the USXBL page. But I know it was one of the players. He was asking uh, for footage from uh, his son's five pack, and he mentioned that he was just super ecstatic that his son pointed him out in the live stream, said, "Hey, Dad, that was me." And he told me he was just excited to, for his son to see him. So I think it went great. A lot of lots of improvement. Commentators were great, but overall, I'm excited to see how we grow it out there. Yeah, it was uh, definitely thrown into the fire, uh, as it were, just for the first one. And uh, oh, yeah. it, it it definitely felt like we were burning out there. Uh, lots of issues with the heat that I don't think I've ever dealt with before. Just having the production by itself. I mean, we're rolling, or at least attempted to roll three cameras on the field as well as a field mic uh 
a movable camera. We've got the commentator's camera. And then, you know, that that's a lot to manage in and of itself, let alone having to assist, you know, with things like the scoreboard speakers, uh, things going up and down with the heat constantly. Man, it was a ton just to be thrown into a new environment like that. And I think you did a stellar job. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, like I said, it's always a learning experience. I mean, it's funny because I've had conversations with Mike and and he understands, but I had it's a, the question is like, hey, are we always going to have issues? And it's like, no, we will always have issues. It's just how quickly can I bounce back and how prepared I am. And every event, we are more prepared, especially you know, I am a, I'm a one man band, but I have a lot of I have a lot of help when I need it. You know, you were there helping me set up cameras. Uh, Todd was there. A bunch of the guys offered to help. Um, but you know, we, we run the production as best we can with the, the amount of funding and ability we have. And so my goal at the end of the day is just to try to try to tell the best story possible for the league. Um, you know, we say it all the time and that's really what my goal is. And it's, uh, it's awesome to see that so much of this is driven just by passion in the game. Like a lot of us up in the tower, like myself, Robert Jordan, uh, a couple of the other guest commentators, uh, I know at least for the commentator side, uh, I mean, we were paid in water bottles and Chick-fil-A sandwiches, uh, which we're still super grateful for just to be a part of. Uh, but a lot of this, like, there, it's not a glamorous job by any means. It's it's mostly driven by, like, passion for the game and desire to just feature everybody on the field. Oh, 100%. And, um, I mean, that's kind of what I do, too, now, right? Like, I understand that. There, there's there's you know there's not a lot of funding for this stuff that we do right mike puts a lot of money back into the leagues he wants to make sure the teams are getting good prize packages everyone's having a good time uh making sure that the field owners are compensated fairly you know because they're out there busting their asses and then the refs as well you know what i mean the refs are out there in the weather on that turf burning so um yeah this is definitely a passion project for me as well i just I'm so happy to be a part of the community and, and be, like I said, be able to tell these stories for all the players. Yeah. And actually we have the uh, parent of the player in the chat. It's uh, Doyle McCoy, who's the father of LD McCoy, who is the player for Austin Notorious that got those uh, five packs down the Dorito side to uh, put his team into the finals. Uh, yeah. LD just absolutely got it done. There it is. Yeah. And, and like I said, I'll be sifting. I got tons of footage to sift through tons of stuff that i shot live stream so we'll be trying to get those out within the coming weeks and months as we ramp up for the championship but i mean i, I look forward to finding that video again and posting it out and seeing how everybody uh you know reacts to it for sure and uh we've already got some uh things in the chat like sasha's in here in the chat uh yes uh <laughs> yes uh what did you think of the back and forth between me and him during the webcast and then did you have a favorite quote or a favorite sick burn or anything like that uh you know what i don't remember any of the sick burns i'm sure they were pretty good you know i was running around everywhere but the banter between you sasha um saw when you guys were there with uh, jc from uno's mm -hmm. jerky and even gel um it was great i that is one thing that we struggle to get uh, at the WC um, because we have a lot of we have a lot of guys that are playing right. They're they're there. They're cranking out. They're ready to play. We don't have the commentators like we do here, and we're working on that. And I'm sure we'll find some guys that will be able to commit. But just the the ability for you guys to come out and want to have those conversations on stream, and just sitting there, 
you know, knowing the players, knowing uh, the little mini stories, right? That's kind of what I told you. I don't have those stories. I'm not a part of the league. And so I needed to rely on you guys. And I think it was great. I think that's what contributed to a lot of our view counts and a lot of our sustained viewership was the fact that you guys were so fun to listen to. You know, you and Robert were very, uh, in, you know, informative about all the teams and players. And then, as I said, you get Sasha, you get JC, um, you get Colt to jump on a little bit. You got Gel. So it was great. Yeah, a lot of different people uh, definitely came in to help during the stream. And uh, the thing about Texas, I mean, it's a big state. Uh, there's players from all over and it was really cool to get to work with like Robert who's more familiar with players from the Dallas area JC who's from the valley so he's getting uh, like more info on teams like balls out and then uh, like myself I'm really more based in like the Austin San Antonio area uh, so just bringing those different expertises from the different regions really helped to bring everything together and help to feature uh, the players like uh, like we were seeking to do. 100%. I think that's what it is. I mean, when you guys are able to get up there and you have Sasha. Um, oh, sorry. My son's a little mm. upset. He's watching his little show. Um, but you have Sasha coming up there and plugging his Instagram, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that's what keeps the people entertained. You know, you get you get to show the audience a little insight into how we all connect together. And um, you know, Sasha's very, very um, he knows all the teams and he knows who the dragoons play well against and he knows who he doesn't play well against and he wants to give them little jabs. So yeah, and I actually uh, was messaging another player for uh, this player was from Austin Notorious, Jason Sim, who was a snake player for their D five line. Uh, he was saying when he was going back and watching it, he actually got a vibe of like the old MXC, uh, you know, Takeshi's Castle, uh, kind of that vibe. And I think that really, uh, really brought some entertainment there. Yeah, most extreme elimination challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yep. great. We should do something like that. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, paintball needs well, a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit more heckling, you know, treat it a little bit less seriously. Keep it keep it fun in there cuz I mean it is uh it is a serious sport, but you know there's there's some fun moments in there too. Yeah, 100%. And I I think like you said, I think that's the conversation we had which was like we need to bring a different flavor to the audience, right? Talking talking paintball to paintball players is great, but we need to be able to talk to people who don't understand paintball, and we need to keep them engaged. And so that requires a whole different thing. That requires not saying, you know, hey, he's, you know, it's 34 or 35, there's a guy in the brick, there's a guy making his way to the god. Like, average people don't understand that. But what average people understand is, hey, this guy sucks. You know, he goes to my house. <laughs> he he ate five hot dogs one time and threw up on the field. You know, telling those again it goes back to stories. Telling those little stories and being able to have somebody who can articulate that is really what I think will get us the audience that we've always been trying to say. You know, we want to grow paintball, um, and to grow paintball, we need to be able to talk about more than just paintball. Right, and. A lot of the people that were, I'm assuming at least a lot of the people that were watching the stream, like I got a comment on Instagram from uh, someone whose husband was playing on the field. And she said, like, usually she can't stand to watch a uh, like a normal paintball tournament or watching the NXL streams. But during the USXBL stream, she watched like the entire nine hours on Saturday. So I think that uh, whatever we had up in the booth, it was definitely a winning formula. 
Definitely. I mean, that's, that's what I come back to. Like, listen, I watch NXL paintball, right, when it's out, but I, I don't watch it all day. You know, I watch, you know, a few teams that I like or I watch, but it can get monotonous because we're talking about the same thing. It's the same thing over and over. And I, I think there's, there needs to be, like I mentioned, that, that mini story tied into it. There needs to be more time to just let the paintball play in the background and let's have a conversation about the people on the field and, and what we do, you know, together. For sure. So uh, as far as like watching the games themselves, I know you were kind of bouncing around doing a lot of different jobs, but from whatever you were able to watch, uh, and this question is brought to us by Mariachi Aguilas de Oro, the, go- the Golden Eagles. Uh, what do you think as far as like the games and the level of play on the field this weekend? Um, well, you can tell Texas plays a lot of paintball is, is one of the big key things that I got. I mean, it looks like you guys really love paintball out there from the communication that I see in the lower divisions. Um, sometimes some of these teams are a lot more advanced than some of the, uh, you know, the lower tier teams up in California. Um, not to take away from that. We play a lot of paintball in, the, in California. I mean, there's tons of camps out there and these guys live and breathe it just like you. But I think, like I said, just the love of paintball that's out there was kind of insane. You know, you got people playing division five, ready to go the next day for division four. You know what I mean? You guys are like, Hey, I'm going to in 105 degree weather with, I don't know what the humidity index was, but I know it was off the charts, you know, people playing like crazy. Um, it's just, it was great to see. It was fun. Paintball is, is really what I like to like to just kind of commentate on. It was great. And I think the layout contributed to that. I hope that a lot of the teams that played, saw the type of layouts that Mike and Thomas Taylor like to create and bring to those leagues. Um, you know, we don't want games for you to just sit there and shoot paint. We want games for you to go out there and have fun and play and, and show off your skill. Yeah, I think the layout definitely was a great choice. Uh, there were a lot of different ways to win on that field and we saw kind of that evolution, not just, uh, on a single day, but like even looking at the evolution starting at the beginning of D5 first matches on Saturday to the end of D4 matches on Sunday, there were like five or six iterations of winning strategies that started with, hey, get to the 50 snake, wrap and shoot everybody. Then the counter to that load someone in the middle to shoot that guy. Then the counter to that was go to both corners and wrap and put pressure on the center. And then it kind of variation again and again until like what we saw in the finals, like the winning side was actually the Dorito side, which is not how the field was playing for most of the tournament. Yeah. And, and and like I was telling you, it's, it's, it's very unique to watch because you can tell the people who have never played an X, they get scared of that X, right? They don't want to be up in it. They think it's a death trap because you can get shot from the bottom. But the X was pretty crucial in stopping the snake if you could get there off the break, which if you're fast and you were short enough, you'd be able to do it. So that's why I liked Mike bringing that to the to to Texas, uh, not necessarily just to bring something new, right? We could have bring we could have brought a bunch of stuff. We could have brought back the A, could have brought back some weird bunkers, right? Like we could have done all that, but. The X is really great to play and it doesn't take away from the paintball that we're used to nowadays. Definitely. It was a fun bunker to watch and the players that figured it out early definitely dominated. Uh, in the chat, let's see, we got uh, what up Kyle Coulter here from uh, Lee. Congratulations to you and your team, Kyle. Uh, 
uh, Kyle especially put on a monster performance on the Dorito side for Elite in the finals. Uh, see AFG filming a Don uh, saying, yeah, that turf was born burning chris isaacs in the chat yeah that tur- 150 degree turf was melting cleats but yeah great event overall definitely so um ryan looking forward to the next usxbl which thankfully we have a couple of months it's not until october uh after this past weekend what are some things you would like to bring for the championships in october oh we lost your audio there we go Sorry, I lost your audio too. Can you repeat that? Yeah. So, um, looking to the USXBL championships, which thankfully we have three months until, so that not until October, but what are some things that you're wanting to bring or to add for the championships? Um, well, I can only speak on the live stream. Um, you know, Mike does like to clue me in sometimes on some of the fun stuff, but he likes to play things very close to the chest, which is, which is great because no one ever knows what's going to happen. And that's the best part of it. Um, but in terms of the live stream, uh, one of the big things we want to do is have, sorry, one second. I think, uh, my dog just saw somebody. Um, one of the things we want to bring to the live stream is uh, an on, on field camera operator. Um, so we've been talking to people, we got the cameras, um, bringing the, just that little extra view, uh, with having somebody on screen is, uh, what we're going to be bringing to the championship. Um, more mic'd up sessions. I know a lot of people like that little mic up session and we can definitely improve it. We can maybe put a mic on both sides and kind of hear, you know, the t- deterioration of one team losing versus one team winning and s- kind of see how that plays out. Um, and then I've, I've always got some stuff up my sleeve. Uh, can't really tell you, but th- there's, you can talk to AFG after the podcast. Uh, but I've been throwing some weird ideas to him and he's kind of like, wow, how are you going to do that? Or I'm also, how am I going to do that? But it'll be something we'll do. I'm impressed with just the capabilities that you brought to begin with, like not just having the three cameras that we mounted on the poles and, you know, 500 foot cables that I were able to link it all together, but having that on field mic that we could listen to Leslie Cluis and uh, let's see Garrett Gamboa from the Dragoons being able to listen to them like mid match was awesome. And I think it definitely added another layer of like, Hey, this is what paintball is and this is why we do it. Yeah. Uh, well, and also when you mic up somebody, right. And I was hoping to get a little bit more personality, but guys are shy and you know, they're still not, this is not something they're used to. Or it was what I was telling you is like, I want these guys to look at the camera. I want them to talk to us. I want them to know, I want them to show their personalities, but when you mic somebody up and you can mic them up before they're on the, before they get to the Starbucks and they're walking with their buddies, you can kind of get into their mindset a little better. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with NFL when you're hearing the quarterback do his cadences and stuff like that. You kind of want to hear that, right? Because you want to try to process maybe you're smart with paintball and you're like, okay, they're doing this. They're going to try this. And when it doesn't work out, you understand that. You know what I mean? And, and it helps the audience try to learn that as well. Definitely. So uh, let's go ahead. Uh, enough with the USXBL talk. Uh, so let's learn more about you personally. So for those that don't know about you, how long have you been involved with paintball? Man, I've been, I've actually been an outside spectator for a long time since I was, you know, like everybody else, 10 or 11, right? I grew up uh, going to Hollywood Sports Park and just playing rec, trying to get onto the speedball field, but I never really made any friends or buddies um, that played tournament ball. My cousin played a lot. And I remember when he had, 
you know, his angels and he would show them off. And I was so jealous that I couldn't afford one. Um, but, you know, I've been an outside spectator for a long time. I started really getting into it about four or five years ago um, here locally in Tucson and then kind of expanding out to the WC um, and then kind of just going back and reminiscing. Right. I have I've followed paintball for as long as I can remember. Um, I remember watching Rocky play. I remember watching, you know, Greenspan early on and Alex and in, in uh, excessive was a big favorite team of mine, just like everybody else. Thomas Taylor was my favorite, my favorite guy. You can see my screen name is excessive and it's, if you break out the letters, it spells that out. So I've always been a big fan. Um, I've just, you know, one way or another, my financial situation never let me get too close, um, until now. And uh, it's been great. I, I get jealous when I talk to guys like Paul Young out in Texas who, who owns part of violence. And he talks to me about all the glory days of, you know, being at SC Village and Hollywood Sports Park. And I'm like, man, that could have been me. I could have been a part of it. But now I am, you know, I come back to it and I get to live out some of those childhood stuff that I didn't get to do when I was younger. And that's that's very interesting. Like most I'm I'm sure you're probably in the minority as far far as a uh, viewer that follows tournament paintball without like super having participated in it yourself. Uh, did you feel like whenever you were following, like watching the pros play, did you feel any? I guess like how easy or how difficult was it to follow as someone who was watching like from the outside in? Well, because I played a little bit early, well, not a little bit, but since I played early on and I was familiar with it, um, it, was, it was easy to follow back then, um, you know, back when, uh, you know, before all the rule changes and we went to X-Ball, uh, you know, uh, split deck format and stuff like that. But it was pretty simple to follow. Um, but again, I was more of like an outside fan. I was, I, because I didn't get to play as much as I would want to, um, I, you know, migrated towards other things. I played a lot of video games and had other hobbies, but it was always something where it's like, it would draw me back in, right? I would see um, the YouTube video um, or I would, uh, you know, see some, uh, you know, new guns or stuff like that to some local fields or some local shops. And so it would always be something where it's like, I would dip my toe back in, follow up with it and then let it go for a little bit and come back. Well, I, even though that does put you in the more minority as far as like people that do watch paintball, I'm sure that gives you a unique advantage and like knowing more or like having a better understanding of what people, I guess, I don't know if in your demographic is the right word to choose here, but like people from the outside looking in, like, you know how to better present it to those, to that target audience. I would say yes. Um, I, I mean, uh, in, in general, I, I've always had like, I've always felt like I've had this ability to explain things to people um, that are things that are very complicated. You know, in my job, it's very complicated and I have to dumb it down for a lot of people. Um, and so I think I have that, I do have that unique perspective of being able to say like, hey, when I was growing up, uh, this sport was inaccessible for me um, in most of the tournament levels. You know, I played one or two tournaments here and there, but it was inaccessible for me. But I'm able to follow it. And so how do I help people follow it and get into it? Well, this is how you present, this is how you present it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I do say a little bit, I'm in a very unique perspective, but now I'm deep in it too. So I, I watch it all the time. I live and breathe it. My wife's annoyed by it sometimes and that's fair, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, it's, it's been great. 
Yeah. Uh, so having so you have played a tournament or two. Then what uh, were the teams that you were associated with? I can't remember. There were small local teams, right? Small local little regional tournaments. I can't remember. I was young. Um, I remember I was you. I remember specifically. I had a piranha. I can't remember the exact model, but it was a silver piranha with a god. What kind of loader was it? I can't remember the name. It was those Empire loaders, I think, that uh, were like sharp. They looked like spaceships. It was probably a I Halo or a Revy. It was. I think it was. It wasn't a Revy. It might have been a. And then maybe it was an Empire. If I see it, I would know. Oh, maybe but a prophecy almost, or. Yeah, possibly. It looked okay. like like if you you ever watch Spaceballs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it looked like the the front of that ship a little bit, right? It looked like the front of that ship. I want to say that might be the prophecy. Not possible. Yeah. Not positive yeah. on that. But again, a lot of the stuff was like, I remember looking at carnivores and autocockers and I was in love with those guns, but it was just a financial thing for me. I couldn't get into it. So I would walk, I would read magazines, right? Read a bunch of paintball magazines and, you know, read about all the tournaments that were happening when I wasn't there. What I'd go see some Huntington beach tournaments because I lived in California and it was close to me. Um, but, uh, like those are little things that I just, I can still remember, um, from when I was growing up. Gotcha. So, um, this next question is brought to us by Skull Monkeys Paintball. So tell us what got you into paintball to begin with. Um, well, like I said, we kind of went over that when I was younger, it was just something to do. I remember then just like everybody, my, my uncle or my, yeah, it was my uncle took me out to play at Hollywood sports park, played some rec ball, fell in love with it. It was super fun. Saw the kids, you know, rampant, uh, you know, I think it was, they were semi uncapped. So I saw people just blasting balls um you know next to the field beside me and my cousin played so i tried to learn it from him and i think that's what really hooked me and then seeing all the cool guns right as you as a kid you know a lot of guys are a lot of us are attracted to guns in general and so just seeing all the cool things that were happening then learning about the pros uh seeing thomas taylor's mohawk just like everyone else you know wanted to be like him you know i skated a lot when i was younger and i was a lot of pounds lighter um and it was just a it was a natural connection skateboard and paintball to me were pretty close to the same thing in terms of action sports and um yeah so that and then when i got back into it it was a friends thing me and my buddies reconnected after high school we said hey let's go play paintball i, I was like i haven't played in so long but you know i still keep up with all the teams we went and played locally here then we said you know what we need to get this we need to get this field to get an airball field let's get back into it so so start they started a local team i became a lot of their media guys, but practice with them. Um, and it kind of just started growing and growing. I started getting more involved with our local field, helping them uh, source uh, turf. And we, the team ourselves bought turf, installed it ourselves and kind of had our own little thing. And from there it's, I've moved towards the media side cause I find it more fun for me. I like to tell stories, but uh, that's kind of how I got more into it. Interesting. I, it's interesting how you, uh, kind of latched onto the comparison between paintball and skating like to me uh i and i know i've heard some people say like paintball almost was a little bit of a counterculture to skateboarding at the time but i uh, there's just so many similarities as far as like the this flair and the personal style and like the the super athletic moments and highlights that uh players were making um yeah it's just that era was such an exciting time and it, it's crazy to see like kind of how differently the two 
uh, like kind of branched off from each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I didn't see it like that. I saw it as more like a rebellious thing, right? Like skateboarding was like a freedom thing. And so was paintball, right? You'd go on the weekend with your buddies and you guys would play. That's, that's how I saw, that's how I saw skateboarding. And one of the big things that caught my eye early on was filming. Um, you know, I never went to school for filming, but early on we would try to film us skating. Right. And, uh, that was kind of the outlet. And then when you would see some of these old style paintball vids come out and, you know, you'd see, uh, you know, dirter videos, you would see, you know, um, short bus, like we would try to do those things in skateboarding themselves, but a little different. And it's funny that I brought up skateboarding because I have recently started watching skate videos again and kind of going back and looking at those styles and seeing what's new. And it just kind of, it brings it all back, kind of brings back paintball and skateboarding back to me. Mm -hmm. And skateboarding is kind of making like, I mean, it's always been around and it's always had its like moments like throughout the year, but uh, with skateboarding being in the, what was it? The Tokyo 2020 Olympics or yeah. 20, yeah. It's, it's making a resurgence, right? I think, I think for a long time, vert was king for skateboarding and then vert started to die and then street skating became big, uh, continued to stay big and then kind of fell off a bit. And now I keep seeing there's a bigger combination of vert and street and I like it, you know, and that kind of, that draws some similarities back to paintball where it's like people are going back to some mech play, right? A lot of people like mech tournaments. Now, a lot of people want some of those old school games where you're on a hyperball field or you're playing in the woods, 10 man. Um, but we still have, you know, our tournament paintball. And I, I like seeing those similarities come back. Yeah. And I mean, look at paintball has got some resurgence things going on too, right now with the mechanical, with the ICPL, just, uh, it, I mean, time is a flat circle, I guess. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It really is. And, um, you know, it's great for me because now that I, now that I'm in it now, I get to go back and research and continue to learn about a lot of the stuff that I did miss or a lot of stuff that I didn't really know about. Um, I get to talk to a lot of the guys who I grew up watching and just like you guys, it's like, wow, like, you know, I spoke to Oliver, I've spoken to Alex, I've done things for them with the trading cards. Um, it's cool to see those old guys. Uh, you know, one of my highlights was meeting Rocky at NXL, giving him his trading card that he let me make for him. And it was just kind of surreal, you know, like, wow, like seeing that. Um, but then I, I get more excited seeing the younger guys now. I get more excited seeing the divisional guys build themselves up because I'm excited to see them go pro. Especially with the youth movement right now, there's so many kids in the game and there's so many youth divisions uh, popping up amongst all the different leagues and it's going to boom here. I think we're going to start to feel the effects of like this essentially new wave of players that are going to be like once they graduate to youth, it's going to be like very quickly. They're going to establish themselves as top players in divisionals. Exactly. And then that's one thing that I focus on the stream. And that's another reason why I started paintball trading cards. And I know we'll get into it. But one of the reasons that I try to focus a lot of that on stream is, uh, you know, even in youth sports like baseball and stuff, most parents are going to those events and sitting there. Paintball is pretty difficult to be a, a, a spectator sport when you're there, right? You got to kind of know the nets are blocking you. There's not really bleachers unless you're going to NXL. So 
having different camera angles, having different ways of doing things where you can highlight players. That's that's the way that I go because that's going to bring in those parents, right? The parents are going to be able to see, you know, little Johnny or little Cameron on screen, um, you know, just having a blast, right? And and paintball, uh, you know, I was watching the PTG podcast and they made up a good point that paintball's extremely safe compared to other action sports now. And I think it's just kind of transitioning and marketing to those parents and kind of showing them that this is a great way to get your kids out to burn energy and to teach them team building skills and team communication. 100%. And I mean, we've got LD's dad, uh, Doyle McCoy in the chat. I got to share those moments and I saw, I've seen so many different post shares and little like snippets from the stream of either players own moments or like I saw uh, one of the Austin notorious players shared uh, i think we were talking about his wife uh who was pod running and i brought up that she was wearing like the the purple eyes flexes and just even clips like that just being able to share it yeah exactly exactly i mean because a lot of people don't realize that you can just show up to an event and watch it but a lot of other people don't realize that a lot of these teams need help and so trying to get the family to come help out and support the team i mean that's big right uh it's uh I'm blanking her name, Mart. Oh, shut up. We're trying. Of course. How can I forget? Mm-hmm. Um, her jersey was Mart. I don't remember what her yeah, name uh, is. Yeah, that's a uh, Sh- uh, Chanel Raffi is her name. Yeah, Chanel. So, I mean, she had a cheer for every single point, point pretty much. <laughs> right? Uh, she had a cheer for every point. And so, like, a lot of people think that's very cheesy. That's kind of cringy. And, and it is, but it's also what we need. You know, we need those people to hype up because then that gets the other team that gets the other team on the other side who's hearing these chants. They're starting to make their own, right? And it's a counterplay. And you can tell that she's kind of getting to them even even though, you know, they're trying to, you know, make fun of her. And, and we did that, hear that. Yeah, we did yeah. hear that. And then suddenly there was like a rap battle going on between her and then like, I guess, a dad or a pit crew player from another team that they were up against like mid match. Yeah, exactly. And it's fun. Again, it's fun. That's what we want in paintball. We don't want. We, I mean, we do, but we don't want guys coming here just to play and then just to leave. Right. That's a quick way to lose teams fast, because if you start losing, you're not going to want to come back. But if we can put on a great product, if we can have a great atmosphere, if we can have people who are a community and family and are showing up and, you know, even though they go 0-4, um, you know, with 150-degree weather on a turf, but they can say at the end of the day, you know what, I had fun, I'll come back, I had some great, I had some great opportunities and I'll come back and shoot you next time, that's what we want. Oh, 100%. And uh, Chris Isaacs in the chat's calling me out. He said, if I pronounce them eyes again, he's leaving the team. It's pronounced I-Z-E. I got to say the letters separately. Yeah, I'm bad. I-Z-E. All no, right. just call them eyes. Don't call them eyes. Call them ice. Ice. Ice lenses. All right. Well, uh, Chris, uh, it was nice having you on the team. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, this question is brought to us by BEMRAP. So, uh, in addition to the stuff that you did this past weekend, you're a mainstay over in the, uh, West coast paintball players league and you do everything that you did this past weekend with the live stream, but you also do Q and a sessions, like kind of leading up to events. You do, uh, have your camera out there on the field. Uh, like what all are the different hats that you wear for that league? I wouldn't say I'm a mainstay. I am fairly new to the league, 
right? I've I've been there for I've been I've been in the league for about three or four years when I first started showing up doing media, and Mike's kind of taken me on to help with a lot of the media stuff, starting more this year and then about a little bit more than half the year last year or, or the full year last year. Um, I don't wear a lot of I, I guess I wear a lot of hats, but I don't. I do the live stream. I help run the media. I help hire some media for the league um, and then do, you know, Instagram for USXPL and WCPPL. Um, I don't have any say in like what the league does or how it goes. Mike does ask me for input sometimes, and I really appreciate that, especially since Mike has way better people that he could probably be talking to in regards to this. You know, he knows tons of pro players. He's really good with a lot of them. He's a lot of friends with, you know, a lot of field owners. Um, but yeah, I primarily focus on the media. My goal for the league is to help it grow, to get more eyes on it, to tell the players stories um, and to get more media people out there to support the league, right? That's that's really what I do. And those are the kind of hats that I wear is the live stream, uh, helping run the Instagram. I don't run all of it. Um, and just doing Q&As with Mike to get him out there, right? Mike, uh, Mike likes to talk to people, but he doesn't like to talk to people. He doesn't like to be out on, you know, he doesn't like to be the face of everything. He wants to be in the background, making sure things are running smooth making sure that people are happy. And I think, I mean, we, I know we tried to get him on the mic uh, during some of our matches and every time he's just like, Nope, that's your job. I'm, I'm good. Uh, Man, if I don't have a mic in his face, he won't be there. Right. He just, it's like the last thing on his mind, you know, he's worrying about making sure that people's paint is doing great when it's coming out of the truck. He's worrying about registrations going smooth, that the scoreboards are going up. He's worrying that, when calls are made by the ref that they're made correctly so that players don't feel like they're cheated um, and that his refs don't feel like they're being attacked. Because, as you know, refs have a hard time out there, man. I mean, these balls are moving at 300 feet per second. It's, you know, bang-bang plays all the time. I mean, think of how bad NFL refs have it, and they're only watching one ball, and they're only watching, you know, they're watching all the players on the field, but they have you know, how many cameras to help them out. These refs don't have anybody. It's just their eyes. Um, so, you know, I'd love to get Mike on every stream to talk, uh, but it's tough. It's tough to get him on there. And, it, you know, fair, to, of course, to get him on there. Right. I mean, he's got a whole league to run. And uh, I, extra shout out to the refs. I mean, they uh, were, they bared the full brunt of the turf all 12 hours plus probably both days, uh, you know, probably like somewhere between 20 and 24 hours across the two days. Uh, they're getting shot at. They have to stand on the sideline during D five, which if you've never done that, then, uh, you know, bring a, bring a riot shield. Uh, I saw, uh, there was one point where Andrew Howe, who is the head, like he's the head honcho of, of referees. Uh, he got shot like, I want to say 12 times in the back during like one single exchange down the snake. Uh, he, he wasn't very happy about that. And, uh, but those reps, man, it's a very brutal job that they have. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I had never complained again. I've never, I'd never complained about a ref on media. I've gotten shot before nowhere near as much shot as those guys get shot at a tournament at a day at a point, you know, it's insane. I mean, I, you know, I caught a few in the head early on uh, 
and no one was in the snake. I was just sitting there in the snake trying to watch a shot, and then just a blind shot comes through and just gets me twice. So I always give props to those guys. I mean, they they make this sport run. Really, right. without without them, we couldn't we couldn't do what we do. It'd be it'd be a wipe fest. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And uh, extra shout out to uh, Colt Roberts, who's a pro player for. Uh, San Antonio X Factor, one of the greatest to do it. Uh, he was a ref this weekend. Like he's uh, just the fact that he's wanting to give back to the game, uh, you know, really speaks volumes. So uh, shout out to you, Colt, for taking that on. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing that Mike has a good grasp on is uh, Mike has a lot of friends in the industry, right? And he has a lot of pro players that he's either played with or taught or coached. And so not only does he bring in refs that are NXL caliber or even, you know, the ultimates uh, uh, for NXL, um, but he brings in pro players to help ref to kind of help these guys out, right? So that they can experience it. And I think that's a big key for what WC has done and now what we're bringing to the USXPL is uh, Mike does, he demands a high level of refereeing from these guys. Um, and he's, and he's out there. He's not just sitting on his ass, you know, waiting to hear a problem. He's there waiting to see what the problem is so he can teach that moment and make sure that it's done right. hundred percent. So how was it that you came to be so involved with the WCPPL and with Mike Henman's crew? Um, well, I started off doing media like everybody else, um, you know, stretch and, um, uh, early on, a lot of the Phoenix Rising guys, uh, you know, shout out to Stretch, shout out to Garrett, shout out to Dominic, Dominic Gamareno, who did media, um, Sam Bennett, uh, who does a lot of NXL and Florida MVPS stuff. Um, these guys were great supporters in getting me in when I wanted to start doing it. Uh, it kind of goes back to when I was, when I used to skate and used to film. I've always wanted to do filming, just never really had the the drive or the kind of the ideas to do it. And then when we started you know, having their teams go out, I was like, oh, I'll do media for us. I think it'd be cool to do a little mini documentary and stuff. And when I did that, I started booking teams, doing media, photos, video. And then I started getting more into live production. I used to do live streams for Twitch. And I was like, man, I was like, this league is huge. There's a lot of people. Why isn't there a live stream? And it came down to budget. It came down to budget and who's going to do it. So I said, I'll do it. So you know, I, I had one or two cameras that I had bought to try it out myself to just kind of have my own little live stream and test it. And, you know, I offered Mike, hey, Mike, can I do a live stream for free? Let's see how it goes. He said, yeah, sure. Come down, run it. So we ran it. It was really rough, you know, um, but people loved it. People said, this is great. This is what we need. I reached out to Mike. I said, hey, Mike, I'd like to do the live stream. Um, here's my idea, right? Let's buy the equipment. Let's put all of it into there. I'll invest my time, my money as well to buy equipment to make this the best thing that we can do. And Mike was on board. He said, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. And I've just learned and learned. You know what I mean? He's been pretty hard on me and keeping the quality up, which is great for me, right? Because I can procrastinate and I can get kind of complacent with things sometimes. But he drives me to make the product better, which in turn makes me think of new ideas and new ways to upgrade our service. And uh, I think it's been great. So Mike, Mike gave me my shot to do it. And I, I'm forever thankful that I've been able to just, just do it. It's been fun. I've met so many people um, from doing this. 
Well, um, I mean, we can tell that you've been uh, doing it a little bit now because there were a lot of challenges thrown at you during the USXBL cast, which I, I don't know if you've had to deal with the level of equipment overheating, especially uh, over in California, like you had to deal with this past weekend, but you were uh, immediate with, Hey, these are the steps that I need to go through to, uh, to troubleshoot or to have, you know, backup plans in place for when like, you know, you had an entire laptop go down. So we, uh, you just had like a secondary PC just ready to go to continue the stream. Yeah. I mean, so I knew it was going to be hot. I checked the weather. I was hoping it was going to rain. The rain was what I was more worried about. And I think that was the downfall early on is I was more worried about the moisture and more about the rain when it turned out it wasn't actually going to end up raining and it was just going to be hot. Um, I, I, you know, I had some fans to cool the laptop and I had some things and I was like, okay, this should be good. But yeah, that heat just hit different. And, um, you know, I didn't bring all the equipment because we were traveling and it was a trial thing. We knew things would go wrong. Um, and I just try to do my best to keep it going. And so, you know, we swapped to that secondary camera and thank God that it worked all day. Um, but I always have backup plans. If that would have been down, man, I would have popped up a cell phone up there with a wide angle, put it on a mount and I would have streamed from the cell phone. I would have kept it going as best as I can. Um, you know, I have another solution that, if that goes down, I can put a wire, I can put a live stream on my actual physical camera and run it that way. So I, I've always had backups. I just try not to worry. I just try not to rely on them. Of course, I, I always want the stream to be as best and as, as I plan it out. And now that I've been to X factor, I know how the fields laid out. I know how the poles are laid out. I know what type of weather to expect in the worst case scenario. So as long as I plan accordingly, shouldn't have any problems moving forward, but even the NXL has problems. Yep. And uh, actually one of the mottos of Austin Notorious uh, historically has been the five P's, which is uh, prior planning prevents poor performance, which we could tell like, yeah, it was a new field, but you, you came prepared with a lot of different solutions and a lot of different contingencies. So uh, well done with that. And uh, this next question is brought to us by Paintball Kumite. Speaking of Colt Roberts, this is his training regimen. So what ways uh, do you improve your craft uh, between events? I, wa I rewatch a lot of my live streams, um, but I also take mental notes and written notes on my phone of things that have happened and things that went wrong. So in California, I've... I've only had issues with network connections for the most part, internet going down, stuff like that. In Texas, I had equipment issues. So that tells me that my current setup for California doesn't translate perfectly to Texas. And so I think of remedies of how do I fix that? Well, maybe I have to go to a different camera systems, right? If I go to a different camera system, it, it, it it's an upgraded camera system that works in California and now will work in Texas. Um, weather's a factor boxes are a factor as i mentioned we were going to go up on poles right there's just better angles going up on poles because we were transporting all our gear i didn't have stands well for the next time i'm just going to pre-send stands just in case we have them you know things like that that because i'm a one-man person i may forget if i had a crew maybe it's easier to say hey don't forget this don't forget that so but i i take written notes i have mental notes Mike is very vocal about like, hey, we should try this or this is something that we should do. Um, Tracy's on top of it. So 
to improve on the stream, I, I just take notes and every stream that I do is a learning experience. I know that until I have more people to help out, it'll never be perfect, but I can still perfect it to where it will run 90% of the, 95% of the time. Got it. So um, for those that are out there, maybe they're listening and they're wanting to get more involved with their local league uh, as far as like the behind the scenes stuff. Do you have any advice for them? Um, well, I can speak on the media. I mean, I guess I can speak on both sides, but I'll start with media. If you want to, if you want to get involved with, with your, if you want to start out, um, just go and shoot, show up to the field, shoot for free, offer stuff to the league for free, offer stuff to the team for free, get as much experience as you can before you start charging. The worst thing you could do is get in there with no experience to a little bit of experience, charge a team and then not deliver on what the expectations are. And not only do you screw yourself over, you create a bad experience for all the other media guys. So go up to a field, start start filming, ask the guys on the field. A lot of them are very friendly. A lot of them will teach you, um, you know, how to do things. Get, I, you know, prime example is get that shot, teaches AFG a lot, right? Teaches a lot of the guys out there a lot. When I started, uh, stretch was very nice to me. Um, a lot of the video guys were very nice to me. And so that's what I would say is just get out and shoot. In terms of getting involved in the league itself, always reach out to the owners. Reach out to Mike or Tracy. They're always looking for help. They're always uh, looking for new refs. New refs is a big thing. Um, as long as you're uh, passionate about the game and competent, you can take criticism, we, we will take you on our team. Cool. Solid advice. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Get Dad Shot. He's a supporter of this podcast as well. I mean, uh, even Get Dad Shot, I mean, he was supported by Brian Wolf Verbal uh, as he was first coming up. I know Get Dad Shot is also, uh, you know, he shares tips and tricks with uh, Adon AFG filming with uh, Dan Shelley of Shelda Photos. Uh, yep. I believe uh, Yosh Designs, Josh Lenhart's in there as well. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of collaboration there. So, like, uh, one of the messages that I always um, try to portray on this show is: don't be afraid to ask questions to people. Don't be afraid to approach people and ask them for advice. Because especially in paintball, like there are so many individuals. Whether you're asking advice from a pro player, a coach, a field owner, a referee, like even just a better divisional player on the field that you see playing. Like if you approach them and ask them questions, so many of them remember what it was like when they were starting out. And unfortunately, you know, back in the day, a lot of them didn't have as many like friendly people to learn from. And what we're seeing now is a lot more like, Hey, we're going to grow the sport, help the next generation come up. Uh, and so, yeah, just ask questions to people because they're going to help you. Definitely. There's a lot more welcomeness in the community. And uh, I think we need to continue that trend. And and uh, I, it, it, it's, it's great in both leagues. 100%. Uh, this next question is brought to us by FU Athletics. Special shout out to FU Athletics for uh, bringing the donuts to uh, to the stream on Sunday. Uh, other donut bringers, let's see, we had uh, Patrick Rayborn uh, brought some donuts, and then also Dylan Strickland, uh, the coach and owner of the Texas Titans, brought some uh, donuts as well. So thank you, all three of you, uh, for the donuts on Sunday Big morning. shout out. They were delicious. Uh, so 
Again, this question is brought to us by FU Athletics. Go to thefuathletics.com. Use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. So throughout all of the different things that you have gotten to do throughout your time involved with paintball, do you have a single favorite moment? Um, I mean, yeah, I write like it's a big fanboy moment for me. My favorite moment is meeting Rocky. That was one of the big ones. Um, rock meeting Rocky and making trading cards for Thomas Taylor and, uh, uh, his squad of kids, the infamous kids. I think those were two of the bigger highlights, um, in paintball for me. Um, you know, Alex, Alex Frazier being a, a great supporter of the paintball trading cards early on when I started, uh, was another one just very welcoming. He said, Hey, what do you need? How can I help you? I think this is a great idea. Um, and then Mike, uh, Mike bringing me into the WCPPL family and showing me support, guiding me through a lot of the stuff that I wasn't aware of. And, uh, those are the moments that, um, that I'm thankful for and are my favorite is, you know, meeting, meeting the pros that I grew up watching and then being welcomed into the family. And those are a lot of like very different moments. I mean, like making trading cards, you're like over here on this end of the spectrum and then you're like getting involved with live streams. You're like kind of over here somewhere. I mean, it, it all falls into the bigger bubble of media, but those are two very different things with very different skill sets. And I mean, you just kind of put yourself out there and you made it happen. And paintball is, it's a it's been around for a while but it's still young enough and like small enough of a community that there's so much room for so many new ideas that if you if you have this new idea and i i encourage a lot of people out there if you have like an idea that you think you would would genuinely be great and something that the paintball community would like they need or it, you know you're just filling a new hole or a new niche like get it out there cuz you know you never know what's going to catch on and it doesn't take all that much to start out with and then people are going to immediately see like oh this is cool let's get more of it 100% i mean i i would uh park on that sentiment you know if you have an idea and you think it's going to be great pursue it see what happens see how it goes the one big advice that I say is just make sure that you execute on what you're doing um, and you don't let people down. Um, you know, when I first started the trading cards, I was on top of everything. I would have my orders out right away. I'd be able to get back to people. Now that I've taken on a lot of projects, I've, I've stepped back a little bit from the cards, but I wanted to get back to ramping up. But things fall to the cracks. And luckily, I have a lot of supporters that, um, you know, they understand that life happens. But you know, me personally, I know that I need to get back to being what I started out with, which is, you know, very responsive, very on top of things, doing cool and fun stuff that started the cards. Um, you know, one of the things I used to do is I used to do a lot of funny designs uh, and a lot of little inside jokes on teams. And, you know, I got away from that. I started just kind of focusing on some of the pro stuff. And while the pro cards are cool and people want to pro collect the pro cards, um, staying with your roots is always where you want to be you would never want to stray away from that absolutely and speaking of uh trading cards let's kind of get into that like uh and i've got some cards speaking of like the inside joke one like probably one of the very first ones is uh of course the double-fisted rangel card which i have signed here uh it's yep. 
Yeah, Chris Rangel, and then I've got cards from a bunch of... Uh, I'm trying to collect all of the uh, Texas players, or as many as I can. I've kind of fallen off on uh, you know, going out and buying the new packs, but you know, I've got a few here. Like I've got Eddie from Innocent Bystanders, Aaron Spooner, who was coaching Pressure, uh, Roly Lemons, and then I've got uh, some more players, like a Hypnotic player, Austin Evolution player. I've got a couple cards of myself somewhere around here. Like those, it's an absolutely awesome idea. And yeah, and I think that is one thing that I I want to get back to doing is. So you had to collect those cards, right? You had to collect them. You had to maybe reach out to certain people. I kind of, I moved away and I did, I did where like people would just get the, a pack of their cards if they ordered. And before it used to be, you would only get three of your cards. You'd get two copies and one holographic, and then you'd get seven random cards of people from around the league. I want to go back to that. I understand that people want copies of their cards, but it was very fun to see people have to go and trade their card. Like they would message, they'd say, hey, do you have my card, XXX, I'm looking for copies. I have these people. And then you would have to talk to those people, create a relationship with them, meet them at a field. And that's that's what the cards were supposed to be inspired for, and that's what I want to get back to. I mean, the, the whole point is to not, you know, hog your own card. That's not really how... Um, and granted, I don't know how many baseball players and other like major league sports are collecting their own cards, but like, I mean, the, the point is to get the name out there and just see all of the different players, all of the different designs. Super cool. Um, yeah, we've got Dan Shelley in the chat from shell, the photos. He says he's honored to have his pictures on your cards. You can't, he can't wait for packs to get delivered. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. We did some, uh, gold cards for the spick and span show with uh kyle and ryan so um those those are gonna be super cool when they come out yeah and uh dan he says it's almost like how disney pin trading exploded it cre- there was like a whole community that was born out of that yeah 100 percent. that's you know what's funny is uh when me, me and my wife are big disney people we go to disneyland all the time and um, i remember i told her i wanted to get into pin trading and it just got, it got crazy. You know, I bought like a pack of pins and then we would buy pins when we go there. And it's like, Jesus, we're falling into a pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of cards around. I think I've got a few more somewhere. Like I remember, uh, like when the cards first came out two years ago, like the chats were exploding. Hey, I've got these cards. I'm looking for these cards. Uh, and I'm sure there's, there's been a lot more of that since then, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's to come. So tell us like, what was it that brought about the paintball training cards idea to begin with? So I collected a lot of cards when I was younger, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, baseball, um, so I was very familiar with it. I was very familiar with the collecting and things like that, just like everybody else. What really got me into it was when I started doing media with the league and I started doing photos of my buddies, I started getting into graphic design and I started messing with stuff. I started creating posters for them. And as I started creating more posters for them and people were like, man, these are sick. Can I order a poster made by you? Can I order a custom design made? The more designs I created, I was like, man, these would be like really cool on cards. Uh, and so I started doing research. I started calling different companies, started figuring out, well, how are these cards made? How can I do holographics? How can I replicate what baseball cards are now? And then I, I bought packs, baseball cards, football cards, more Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, looking at how every different card was. 
and I realized I could do it in a different way uh, and and bring it to the league in a semi affordable way. So I got I got into it by learning design and making posters and realizing that these look pretty cool and people would buy them. And there's nothing else. There's nothing out there. You know, PayPal players were a small community. Why wouldn't you want to show your mom that you're on a trading card? You know what I mean? Or your family. So that's how it started. Absolutely. Like I know at least one of my cards uh, that I got in my pack, one of those three, like the first one was sent over to my mom. I gave one to my wife. Uh, I was uh, teaching elementary school kids at the time. And I was like, Hey, I'm on a card. uh, You know, just everybody thought they were like, first paintball has trading cards too. This is cool. Uh, So yeah, it's, a, it's a unique thing that you've created because of, I guess, like the the barrier to entry to being able to play paintball isn't that high compared to like, hey, I'm in a major, like having to play collegiate level football or something like that, where it takes an insane level of talent and then just being born with the right physical attributes. Like anyone can go play paintball. And now that like you've got divisional players with their own cards. And that's like a super cool and community building thing. Yeah. I mean, that was the big thing was like when I, when I started them, the big thing was, you know, sharing it with your family, sharing your hobby and your sport. Like if you were playing football or baseball. Um, And so, because families don't come out to a lot of our games, they don't do a lot of those things. And so that was one of the reasons why I also did the cards was, People can share this. You can go to your field, you can play, and then you can show your mom, hey, mom, look, boom, I'm a card. Isn't this cool? Come support me, right? Come see me. See that it's not just, you know, a thing that I do on the weekend, that this is an actual lifestyle. This is something that I do, right? Like, this is a big enjoyment. And so that's where it came from. Gotcha. So I'm curious to learn more about, like, the the details of the process itself. So what all goes into making a set of trading cards from like the beginning of the process all the way to where you're packaging and shipping these things out? Um, I mean, that's an NDI, right? I'm gonna have to have you sign an NDA uh, <laughs> for that. No, um, a, a lot of it starts off with me making a design and trying to figure out which route I want to go. Um, from there, it's when getting people signed up, it's importing data, typing up the data, then moving it over, checking it, double checking it, triple checking it, still getting it wrong sometimes because uh i'm dyslexic (laughs) or at least i claim to be um but that's that's kind of what goes into it is it goes i go from i go from design to how am i going to run the set to um you know making sure that i'm going to import the data properly um a lot of it is trying to source the paper it's not easy to get the quantities that i run and get the holographic material that i use it's it's very hard to find and get um i've developed some relationships with with some suppliers that uh you know can get me sheets when i need them um but it's it's a pretty difficult process and the foil packaging is another big thing that i wanted for the cards you know you needed that nostalgic opening a card pack and that's also hard to get it's also hard to get somebody who's reliable to print them who's not extremely expensive to print um so it's just a lot of research but now that i have those things down it's it's just coming up with the next design. So with that process, like, are you 
whenever you print it, are you printing it like at home and then are you packaging everything yourself or how does that work? Yeah. So I have uh, my beautiful wife who helps me out, uh, helps me pack. I remember when we first started, I think we did like 800 packs. Um, so we hand packed all those ourselves. We had uh, my wife's cousins come over and they helped us pack. And we literally had pictures of us when we first started uh, doing it. Um, and then we, you know, insert cards that create the custom winner cards and stuff like that. But it's all handled by us. It would be too expensive to have somebody, some company only package, you know, less than if you're not doing more than 10,000 packs, you're going to be paying an arm and a leg for somebody to do it. Gotcha. So, I mean, that's, that's like a real homegrown thing, but it's, it's caught on really quickly. Uh, so, uh, brought to us by Hydra, uh, does paintball trading cards have anything new or upcoming in the works? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, well, we're doing the spick and span cards, right? Uh, we're doing that to help fundraise, their podcasts uh get them better cameras get them some stuff um uh but we're also still going to be planning to do an nxl version an nxl divisional version that's from semi pro down where people can sign up uh create their own card have the nxl branding and then the big thing is we're gonna well the other thing is we're gonna be doing usxbl cards so I want to. I'm going to gauge a consensus. We're going to put it to a vote if people want just normal cards, how we do for the other leagues, or if they want to do a poker set. Um, I I think it's cool to do the poker sets um, to start off. You know, get 52 people, get some of the best shots, or get some of the people to sign up from the teams. Um, but we'll do it either way. We'll we'll take a consensus vote, but um, we are going to be doing card for USXPL. Poker sets would be sick. Uh, I'm definitely wanting to get one. I meant to uh, message you about it before uh, you came over to the USXBL about getting one for myself. But now that uh, I mean, now that a USXBL set's coming out, I'm definitely going to be excited to pick one of those up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sure Jell Stewart's going to be excited too, right? Doesn't he play poker? Uh, I think he does actually. Yeah. Uh, and then in the chat, let's see, AFG filming and Don. He says he's uh, really excited for the media card collection there too. Yeah, exactly. We'll get photos of media there. We'll, uh, you know, again, since we're starting to kind of get those little stories and those personalities that are in, maybe we'll have to do an Instagram Sasha photo. Uh, maybe we'll have to do uh, a Chanel card. Um, definitely going to do a Cameron card. And what I'll do is I'll just make Cameron, you know, 20 feet tall on the field. <laughs> um, definitely things like that, right? We're definitely going to have to do stuff like that. Uh, looking forward to those. I've I feel like uh, you have potential to kind of do both ideas, having a set and then do like a poker set of like the, the all-stars or the, the more notable players on, uh, you know, that are involved in the league. Uh, I think both of those could do really well. Oh yeah. 100%. And so that's kind of where like, I rely on people like you, Robert, the media guys. Um, you know, I'm not out there. So you guys got to tell me, you know, you got to tell me what the stories are so I can create those cards. And so we'll be, we'll be chatting and we'll be making sure that we come some, we bring something cool to the table. For sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious cause I brought this idea up with, uh, Jeff who runs the X factor pro store. Uh, have you ever like sold, I, I know you, in addition to the packs, you like do boxes of multiple packs. Um, have you ever, uh, I guess provided those or sold those, uh, wholesale to different fields for them to resell? Um, the only people I've done that for is like matrix gear and for, um, you know, shout out to Matrix gear, big supporter of the stream and, um, and world war paint out in California. 
those are pretty some of the two that I've had. Um, I don't have a problem with sending people out uh, boxes to resell at fields. Um, maybe that's something we'll do for the USXBL. It's just something I got away from. Um, the problem is, is that, you know, these guys got to pay up front for it and take all those boxes. And so I just want to make sure that they sell, um, in which they probably would. I'm sure they would all sell if I put them out there. So those are those are definitely thing, things that I want to revisit as we restart the pro sets and the divisional sets. Yeah, especially if uh, you're able to localize those, like if you have a different set for each regional league, like the USXBL, BunkerFest, MVPS, XTPL, uh, WC, of course, and then uh, like the TSXL. Like if you get a localized set, I'm sure that if those get sold at like the individual fields that are local to those areas, I'm sure they would uh, absolutely explode in popularity. And you see like kind of more regional subsets of uh, trading card communities there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, that's, that's the goal, right. Is to do that. Um, I don't, I would love for like a rec player to buy a pack of cards, open it up. And while they're there, chanel's doing her cheers and they pull a chanel card and they're like who's this chick and then it's like oh that's the girl that's over there cheering and he goes and he asks her for her autograph like those, those little things right like it's just it's a great community building thing you know yeah they're not going to be super collectible in the future maybe they will you never you never know you know what i mean it's always things that it's those things that you can look back on when you're when we're all older and be like oh look at this card that i still have you know it was you know, Sasha, did he ever make it, you know, did he ever make mm -hmm. it to, to be an influencer? And, you know, Sasha's going to be right behind you saying, Hey guys, can you please follow my, you know, socials? Cause I still want to retire as an influencer or, you know, just, I keep going back to that joke, but things like that, you know, Cameron probably will only grow two more inches. So if you got a <laughs> card when he's that tall, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Or, you know, you get Cameron's card from divisionals and then, you know, a couple of years down the road, he makes the pro team, uh, down here in Texas. And then suddenly you're like, Hey, I've got Cameron Blanco's divisional card, you know, kind of like you, uh, how in baseball cards, I think that the, like the rookie cards are especially valuable compared to the rest of them. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, I can always make dream cards, you know, <laughs> no yeah exactly i mean so one of the big one of the big things is uh brandon trujillo who's on aftermath right um we made him a card through the gummy bears when he used to be the gummy bears who's no longer around um when he was division three so there's a division three card his rookie card technically that's out there from the first or second edition and now he plays for aftermath um same thing with a few guys from the hunters, I believe. So those are cool things, right? It's going to be crazy to see how you progressive and that cards out there. Absolutely. Uh, in the chat, uh, JC Lamone, he's in here. He asks, uh, would Uno's jerky possibly get a card? Hey, we'll have the conversation. We'll do it. Maybe we'll do like an Uno's jerky card where if they find a certain card, you know, you can redeem it for a, a bag of jerky, you know, if they trade it in or something, those are also things that I'd like to incorporate is, I want vendors to be a part of it, either giving away free things or giving promotional codes because it, it builds that little community, right? Maybe you've never tried Uno's, but you have a card. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go over there. Boom. You get a free bag and then you buy another bag, you know, things like that. Those are things that I like to do. hundred percent. And you've done some giveaways in the past with some of the cards, right? Oh yeah. I mean, the first editions and we gave away two guns for each pack. I know we gave away like some free flows 
Uh, we gave away a Tim Montressor Lux, uh, some uh, Shocker XLS. We did a bunch of stuff. Man, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this continues. Uh, Dan Shelley in the chat, he asked uh, if there are any concrete dates on any of these releases. Um, so right now, the only real close to concrete date on the release, well, the poker cards are going to get released uh, first or second week of August. But for the other cards, um, we're looking at probably before World Cup, hopefully, is doing those. Very cool. Uh, would you ever consider having a booth at any of these events, either regional or national, for the cards? I've wanted to. I've wanted to do a little booth. The problem is, unless it's an NXL event or something else, I'm working, right? I'm doing the right. live stream. So it's hard for me to get a booth. Well, uh, it would be interesting to see interesting to see maybe you uh would be able to partner like with the like the check-in tent at usxbl or uh like the nxl merchandise store and then sell the packs out of there that would be an interesting option to see definitely i mean again i i want to uh it's just kind of it's it's linking everything up together right for sure so um we're getting towards the end of our show here but uh something oh let me fix that. There okay. we go. So something that um, I want to highlight are like the immediacy of you, like we're immediately feeling the effects of your presence and being involved with the USXBL. And one of those things, like we've seen the USXBL has started posting reels. And uh, right now I've got one of the reels that you posted uh, from actually a drone that you were flying uh, mid-match and you've got some insane angles so i would just want to for anybody who hasn't seen uh, i'm gonna switch the screen over real quick uh see yourself out on the field enjoy yourself and um, the drone will be in the live stream moving forward. We'll be able to connect that drone up to our live stream for future events. For sure. Uh, so uh, I think actually we lost a little bit of the beginning of that sentence. So what uh, can you say all of that one more time? Oh, yeah. Um, so moving forward, I'll start off with the drone is going to be uh, here to stay. It's going to be integrated into the live stream moving forward, just like how NXL does. Um, I actually did it a long time ago uh, last year uh, with some of our other drones, but because we didn't own it, we were never able to keep continuing to do it. So moving forward, the drone will be in all events. Um, on top of that, we'll be um, posting those reels. So that's there to stay. We, we believe that everybody should be represented. Everybody should have their moment in the sun. And so um, the reels are not just for the winners. The reels are for everybody who is in our league. So you want to come in you want to play in our league there's a good chance that we'll get you on camera and we'll be we'll be showing you off um so that you can share it to friends and family for sure so i'm gonna let it play real quick um i don't think oh there's actually not audio on on this one that i've pulled up but uh you oh, see yeah. uh i think this is the um jason sim and the snake for austin notorious uh shooting two players from jackpot heads up uh and i'm and then a penalty going off in the background let's see if i can pull up another Oh no! Uh, let's see if I can pull up another reel from the USXBL while I have it. Um, so this one. Yeah, none of the drone, none of the drone will have uh, like field audio. It'll just be a music. It'll just be music. It'll be 
playing for now just because I didn't have field audio for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think in that particular shot that you guys just saw um, with the two-pack with Cameron getting shot and uh, whoever was shooting him, um, it was either that shot or another shot. The camera actually got shot. The drone got shot. Um, I had some paint splatter that it hit one of the eyes, but was was perfectly safe. This is a, just a normal reel. This is just straight out of my camera. But that's why I'm on the field, too. I'm there to try to capture moments like this, whether you're Trevino getting lit up, um, you know, whether you're the guy getting it or giving it. Um, that's what we want to show off. Oh, yeah. And then here's the last one that you've posted, and I'm sure there's going to be more to come. But uh, this is also from day one where player actually crawled underneath the X uh, to get the trade. I mean, this is uh, Ben Rogers from Austin Hypnotic. And like, I mean, angles like that, like even the NXL is not doing things like that, which is. Yeah, like, I mean, I get it. It's it is pretty difficult and it, I'm sure it gets annoying on the field. So if you're in the chat and you were playing. And the drone was up there and you're annoyed. I mean, I apologize. You know, we're, we're working through it. But, you know, these angles are perfect for reels, right, to highlight the league. And I think that's what we need. We need things like this. But there is there is give and take, right? We're not trying to go out there and bird dog people. I'm not trying to go away and give people's positions away. Um, I do try to position the drone in a way where if a player has already been seen, you know, then maybe I'll try to follow them. But if a player hasn't been seen, I'll make sure to move away. Um, but at any time, if anybody's ever having issues with it, they're more than welcome to come up to me and let me know. For sure. So, uh, we're getting here toward the end of our show. Uh, this question is brought to us by get that shot message, get that underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram for media coverage at Bunkerfest or NXL. Uh, he might also be going to the USXBL championships. Uh, we'll let him confirm that though. So is there anybody in paintball, either in, uh, in your neck of the woods or down here in Texas, either teams, players, brands, projects, anybody that has caught your attention lately. So who in paintball do you think deserves more recognition for what they're doing? Um, man, the youth, the youth divisions, we need to keep those growing. Uh, Texas has a lot of kids going out. I know that the USXBL just started their young guns division um, for the championship. So the youth is a very, very big one. Um, uh, who was the team that made it that had never made it to the finals um, this last past weekend? They they knocked out somebody. I want to say it was Countdown City Purple. Yes. Um, that was great to see um, because I like parody. I don't want the same people to win. But if the same people win, I want them to have to earn it. You know what I mean? I don't want them to forward owe everybody. So I I love parody. So shout out to Countdown City for getting into the finals. Um uh, you know, get that shot's a big one. I kn I remember when we first met at NXL Florida, um, you know, he was just starting out and we got him to shoot pro for pro Char, and he had a great time and it was a great learning experience for him and he's exploded, which has been awesome. Um, Dan Shelley. I've never met Dan. I saw him blow up out of nowhere. So shout out to Dan Shelley. Um, and, uh, and same thing with AFG. He put in a lot of work this weekend, but I'm just more impressed with the USXBL um, staff that's there now, how on top of it they were. Um, I know, you know, me personally, not speaking for Mike, I'm excited to see where the league goes. I'm excited that we're going to, we're going to have a lot of growth next year. I can expect that maybe not as much as we'd like, but as long as we do what we do, as long as Mike continues to do uh, and run the league, how he does, I have no, no 
um, reservations that will grow more. And I'm just excited to see more paintball out of Texas. 100%. Texas is where it's at right now in terms of the talent. So Texas is booming. Texas is booming. But you know what? Texas may be booming, but I don't know how they're going to do when we bring when we bring the championship next year, possibly for you know WCPPL versus USXBL. I want that's where it's going to get exciting. Oh yeah, I think uh, Mike has mentioned that he's going to um, do some sort of crossover episode. Uh, he said maybe at like a neutral site, either like in Arizona or possibly Vegas. That would be really exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, I know he's got those plans. I don't know exactly where he wants to go. I would assume Vegas, but Vegas has always been an issue. Um, but I know that's something he wants to do. He does want to bring it together, um, you know, Marvel versus DC, you know, and, and uh, California's Marvel, Texas is DC. I'm just going to say that for right now. <laughs> you can try to take you can try to take Marvel if you want, if you guys win, but I just know it's going to be exciting. I think... Uh... Texas is going to show you that uh, they've got some really strong talent top to bottom and uh, looking forward to that matchup. Uh, my money's on Texas. So uh, this last question is brought to us by Jell Stewart's brand compete message him on Facebook or Instagram and mention in the pits for 10% off of your order of soft goods. So Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? You know what? No, I don't. Um, I'll, I mean, I'd shout out uh, all the sponsors, Violence Paintball, Matrix Gear Paintball, Day One Matrix Gear has been a big supporter of us and big supporter of the league. Um, uh, Gunfighter Sports, also a Day One supporter. You guys in Texas don't know Gunfighter Sports, but um, they're big out here in California. They love supporting team sponsors. So um, you guys want an extra sponsorship, hit them up. Um, uh, World War Paint, another one. Uh, I'll just go through the list of all the vendors, really. Yeah, go right ahead. Um, Andrew Lopez Law. Uh, he used to be out in San Antonio. He gave us some good food spots to check out. Um, you know, if you have anything law-related, hit up Andrew Lopez Law. Um, and then big shout-outs to Tracy and Mike. Uh, Tracy's a big boss. She does a lot. So whenever you see her, uh, thank her. Give her give her a high-five. Uh, you know, bring her some, some black tea. She loves tea. Um, and then, you know, shout-out to Mike. Shout out to all the supporters of paintball trading cards as well. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be doing as much as I do now with other people supporting paintball trading cards. So, um, I'll always be indebted for the big guys who helped me out. Uh, Robert, Chris Hudson, um, just to name two, but there's been a crazy amount of people who have been supportive. Awesome. Shout out to all y'all out there, uh, supporting Ryan and everything that he does. Cause he does a lot, uh, to help, bring our stories out uh, and get them shared. So uh, yeah, go check out paintball trading cards, go follow uh, Ryan on, uh, you know, all of his social media and then, you know, book him for media. If, if he ever goes back to that, if he's not running around wearing, you know, putting out six different fires on all of the cameras and the laptops that uh, he's dealing with, but yeah, go support Ryan, go support what he does. Cause he's doing a lot to get our stories out there. And uh, yeah, one last thing in the chat. Let's see. Uh, Chris Isaacs, he says, thank you for helping make local events that much more enjoyable to play with uh, the stream, not only for friends and family, but also for the players to go back and watch. Oh, we lost your audio there. Oh, sorry. Uh, can you repeat that? Yeah, he said, uh, Chris Isaacs, he says, thank you for helping make local events that much more enjoyable to play with the stream, not only for friends and family, but also for the players to go back and watch. 
Yeah, I mean, thank you guys. Again, at the end of the day, as long as you guys support us, we'll keep doing it. Um, I love seeing the people excited to see themselves on screen. On, sc on screen. And the one thing I will say is uh, look at the camera. Watch the camera. Stare at the camera. Give me personality. Give me something to highlight you guys. You know, there's cameras out there. So stare up and uh, be yourselves and have fun. Absolutely. And Ryan, I want to thank you personally as well, just for inviting me out to do the webcast for uh, this past weekend. It was a lot of fun. I definitely learned a lot as far as like just how much goes into this massive like production, uh, trying to capture an event. Uh, it was great to have the opportunity. Hopeful that uh, I'll get the opportunity again to come back. We'll see what happens though. Definitely. Oh, we'll, we'll get you on. Uh, we'll work it out. Um, big shout out to Robert Jordan for being there too, right? Big, big supporter. I had so much fun with him. You guys back and forth were great. I think that was a great, great duo. Um, you know, of course, shout out to yourself for being in there 24 hours in the booth. You learned it's not easy. Um, and uh, I learned just how passionate somebody can be about paintball. Um, and it was great to see you out there with Robert and everybody. Appreciate it. So y'all that does it for our episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Ryan. That's at Ryan P zero one two zero and also go follow paintball trading cards at paintball trading cards on Instagram. Uh, what other guests would y'all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts and Spotify the next day. Shout out to my partner and sponsor to your subscribers on Patreon, FE Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, Compete, BEMRAPS, Skull Monkeys Paintball, Hydra, XTPL Events, and Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. We will see you guys next week for episode 58, where we're going to actually have a team that was competing in USXBL this past weekend. We're going to have Slow Down, I'm Hungover, uh, which is a D5 team that competed, and uh, they are entirely made up of members of the Crenshaw family. You've got uh, brothers, cousins, dad, uncle, and then even in the pits, you got, uh, I, I think, the moms of uh, the family. So. Uh, we will get to get them on, hear their story. So, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We might have to do a like a, a Yu-Gi-Oh! Exodia card for the Crenshaw family, where you collect all five <laughs> of them and it, you know, opens a portal to hell or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that that would be awesome. All right. Uh, so yeah, we'll see y'all next week. All right. Thank you. <laughs>